I'm a talkie yippee. Hey, honey, wash day. That means hello, relatives. Good morning. Welcome to this beautiful morning Creator has given us. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so happy that I made it. It's Thursday. I didn't know if I was going to make it or not. I've been very sick all week with a very severe sinus infection and cold. And I was just saying every day, Spirit, you got to get me through this. I'm not going to let the church down at the last minute. So yesterday I could finally breathe again. Here we are. You know, November is Native American Heritage Month. How many people here know that you have some Native American heritage? Let me see some hands. Yeah, there you are, there you are. Be proud of that. My blood heritage is Cherokee. However, about three years ago, I was adopted into the Yankton Sioux Dakota Nation. And two years ago, I was made a Sundance Chief by Tribal Chief, Chief Golden Light Eagle. So the Dakota Lakota Way is the way I've been following for a long time because of a very powerful ceremony that still exists today. And to me, following the Red Road is is being able to understand Native spirituality and to be involved in it. Because the basis of Native American spirituality really is that all things are connected, all things are related. Everything has energy. Everything has its place in the world down to the tiniest grain of sand, even that small. You know, it's an easy concept to grasp when we're out in the nature and we see how everything interacts with each other, how everything gets along peacefully, and, and, and knowing that everything around us is all connected. The rivers, the mountains, the plant people, the standing ones, the trees, the flying ones, the birds, the swimming ones, the aquatic life, the creepy crawling ones, the insects, the four-legged, the animals, us, the two-legged, the stars, the planets, and everything in the cosmos is all connected in the giant cosmic web of life. But once we step out of the natural it can be easy to forget how all things are connected, how all things are related, how we are all related as one human family. Because every day we're reminded, we turn on the news in the evening and we're reminded of the chaos, the turbulence, the violence, the upheaval, and the hatred that often exists in our world. So reminding ourselves that everything is connected and keeping that in our hearts, keeping that in our minds, is one of the biggest spiritual challenges that we face today. The word Matakuye Owasun is a Lakota phrase that means we are all related. And it goes just beyond us. It means everything in that cosmic web of life. The Lakota medicine man Black Elk said, Peace comes within the souls of men when they realize their relationship, their oneness with the universe and all of its powers, and when they realize that at the center of the universe dwells Wankantanka, God, and that the center is really everywhere, and it is in each of us. Understanding the relationship of all things is the basis of Native American spirituality. 
which is not a religion. It's a way of life called the Red Road. And it can be further described in this way. The Red Road is a circle of people standing hand in hand. People in this world. People between people in the spirit world. Star people. Animal people. Stone people. River people. Tree people. The sacred hoop. To walk the red road is to know sacrifice and suffering. It is to understand humility. It is the ability to stand naked before the Creator in all the things for your wrongdoings, for your lack of strength, for your uncompassionate ways, for your arrogance. To walk the red road, you always know that you can do better. You know that when you do good things, it is through the Creator and you are grateful. Never forget to say thank you for that. To walk the red road is to know you stand on equal ground with all things in creation. It is to know that every creation carries a spirit. And the river knows more than you do. The mountain knows more than you do. The stone people know more than you do. The trees know more than you do. The wind is wiser than you are. And animal people carry wisdom. You can learn from every one of them because they have something you don't. They are void of evil thoughts. They wish vengeance on no one. To walk the red road, you are given rights. You have the right to pray. You have the right to dance. You have the right to think. You have the right to protect. You have the right to know Mother Earth. You have the right to dream. You have the right to vision. You have the right to teach. You have the right to learn. You have the right to grieve. You have the right to happiness. You have the right to fix the wrongs. You have the right to the truth. You have the right to the spirit world. To walk the red road is to know your ancestors. To call for assistance. It is to know there is good medicine and there is bad medicine. It is to know that evil exists, but it is cowardly and often in disguise. It is to know there are evil spirits who are in constant watch for a way to gain strength for themselves at your expense. To walk the red road, you have less fear of being wrong. Because you know that life is a journey. A continuous circle and a sacred hoop. Mistakes will be made. And mistakes can be corrected if you're humble. For if you cannot be humble, you will never know when you made a mistake. Think about that. I want to read that again. Mistakes will be made. And mistakes can be corrected if you're humble. For if you cannot be humble, you will never know when you made a mistake. To walk the red road, you know that every sorrow 
leads to a better understanding. Every horror cannot be explained, but can offer growth. We've seen that so many times. To walk the red road is to look for beauty in all things. To know that all things are related, connected, in a sacred Wakan way. To walk the red road is to know that one day you too will cross into the spirit world and you will not be afraid. And I go back and think, every time I said the red road, if you also say the unity path, how similar those are. And thank you for that prayer that was up here. It said also so much about the red road and things that I, I'm talking about today. We didn't coordinate on that. I love it when those things just just happen. You know, native spirituality is it's earth-based. It's a natural way. There's no sacred book like the Bible or the Koran. So where do the teachings come from? They came from being in the natural. They came through ceremony, through our sweat lodges, vision quests, sun dances. So much of our information still comes through from spirit during those ceremonies. I've been in ceremonies where the spirit world literally opens up in front of your eyes when it's done in darkness. And the spirits come in incredibly powerful. And those teachings also come from the animals. Even your pets. They teach you unconditional love every day, don't they? First service, a lady wanted, wanted confirmation that someday she's going to be reunited with a pet. She just wanted to know that. It's, of course, everything has energy. Everything goes to the spirit world. You heard some teachings about the medicine wheel just a few minutes ago. It also teaches us balance. In the north, the place of wisdom, of knowledge, it's the mental self. In the east, the place of new beginnings, of being of service to others. In the south, the place of the heart, place of the emotions. In the west, the place of going within, taking time for yourself. That is so important. The place of prayer and meditation. A look at the north, the mental self, the south, the place of the heart, and then look at the east, the place of giving, the west, the place of going within, the north, the south. What are they? The east, the west. They're opposites. So the medicine wheel teaches us, don't spend too much time in one direction. Don't spend all your time in your head being all logical, trying to figure everything out. Don't spend all your time in your heart being overly emotional. Don't spend all the time in the East giving and giving and giving and burning yourself out. You know how easy that is to do. Don't spend all of your time being secluded. You've got to find the balance between those directions. Balance between the head and the heart. Between giving and taking time for yourself. And any time we need help in one of those directions, right in the center where those lines cross, in that center is where Creator God is. And it always reminds us that Creator is always in the middle of all things. If we ever need help, 
we just go to the center and we ask God for help. You know, when you look at a list of the world's religions, you don't see something called Native American religion or something like that. That's because it's not a religion, it's a way of life, as I've said. And it can also be said for the principles and the practices of unity. They are a way of life. And I remember sometime in the past, some years ago, seeing on the Unity website homepage, it said, it's not a religion, it's a way of life. It is. You know, Unity's five basic principles state that, number one, God is all good and active in everything, everywhere. Number two, I am naturally good because God's divinity is in me as it is in everyone. Number three, I create my experiences by what I choose to think, feel, and believe. Number four, through affirmative prayer and meditation. I become aware of God and bring out the good in my life. And number five, I do and give my best by living the truth I know. I make a difference. So by practicing those unity principles, you're already practicing some native spirituality. Because those five principles can also apply to the Red Road. You know, in their essence... Both Native American spirituality and Christianity have the same goal. That is to bring the individual into harmony with the eternal truth and with God, the Great Spirit, and with yourself. It's important to remember that just the knowledge of those principles is not enough. Whether it's the unity path or the red road, you have to walk your talk. You just don't come here once a day. You have to walk your talk every day. Remember, make every step a prayer. But sadly, in the effort to bring truth to the natives many years ago, some organized religions made significant efforts to destroy or take away the truth that the indigenous people already had and to demolish their cultural heritage. A better way would have been to take the time to see the truth and the beauty that exists within our culture and the power that exists in our healings and our ceremonies. And then along came the Fillmores who did take the time to see the truth and the beauty and the power in the Red Road. You know, the Fillmores took and studied certain religions, and they took bits and pieces of this, and they put it all into this big movement called unity. And part of what they studied and put into unity were Native American spiritual practices. Although Native American spirituality goes back thousands of years, it wasn't until the Freedom of Religion Act in 1978 that Native peoples could once again practice the oppressions of the last several hundred of years, and perhaps the Fillmores helped bring about that change. Think about it. Now, here's something you might not know. Unity's co-creator, Charles Fillmore, was born on a Chippewa reservation near St. Cloud, Minnesota, and raised among the Ojibwe Nation. So he was around Native ways as a child, grew up understanding those ways 
His father, that's a picture of his father, was a trader with the Chippewa, trading goods. And here's a story, fantastic story, a true story about young Charles. As elders do, they often recognize when a small child is born that this person's going to be a very important medicine person. They're going to have important spiritual work to do and that they need to be protected. And that's what happened to young Charles. So the elders of the tribe recognized that young Charles had been marked by the Great Spirit to do divinely preordained work. And because of that, they believed he needed to be prepared spiritually with certain ceremonies. So one day, a tall, powerful medicine man dressed in full regalia kidnapped young Charles right from his mother's arms, took him back to the tribe, and during the day, put him through ceremonies to prepare him for what later would happen in his life. Later that night, he was returned unharmed to his mother, kind of shocked as to what happened without any explanation. But the medicine people knew. And Charles, even as he grew up, he could remember that. He could never remember exactly what happened, but he always felt that he had been used in some type of mystical ceremony. So again, the elders and the medicine people knew that Charles Fillmore was going to grow up and have very important work to do. And here we are today. So now there are Unity churches around the country, such as Unity Northwest Church in the Plains, Illinois, that recognize the Native American unity connection. And you know, a very big connection is that unity's principal essence is that God is the only power in everything that is seen and unseen. That's why we say God the good, omnipotent. Native spirituality is the same. We believe in the same God as in the Christian Bible. And we believe that God is in everything and all things. Everything in that giant cosmic web of life. All things are the work of the great spirit. And here's a connection I know you've heard many times. This is from a book called Mother Earth Spirituality by a Lakota author, Ed Eagleman McGaw. The first time I heard this is like, wow, who had it first? It says, the leader concludes the ritual with a short final prayer, a prayer of thanksgiving for a successful sweat lodge ceremony. It is not traditional to hold hands in this ceremony, but in this modern era, this is a short, meaningful prayer and a good custom that can be adopted. And it goes like this. The light of the Great Spirit surrounds us. The love of Wonkantanka enfolds us. The power of the Creator protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever I am, the Great Spirit is. Yeah. Love it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, in unity, we believe that Jesus expressed His divine potential to show humankind how to express ours as well. We see Jesus as a master teacher, as a way shower of universal truths. Likewise, many indigenous cultures also had a master, a deity that came to them and gave them their teachings. 
For example, the Hopi had a deity called Massa, so similar to the word Messiah. Massa came and gave the Hopi their way to live and gave the Hopi their prophecies, over a hundred of them. And so many of those have come to pass that apply to us all. Maybe sometime I can come back and talk about those. Massa also said that he would be the beginning and the end. What is that? That's the Alpha and the Omega. The Lakota had white buffalo calf woman. How many have heard of that, that story? That's yeah, another great story to tell. She appeared before them and gave them the gift of the sacred pipe. And what followed were the seven rites of the Oglala Sioux. In so many words, she told them that when man was at the fork in the road, when mankind needed help, she would return and again bring harmony and spiritual balance to the world, similar to the second coming of Christ. And this prophecy came true with the birth of Miracle, the white buffalo calf, in 1994 in Janesville, Wisconsin. And since then, so many other white animals have been born. And we have to ask ourselves, what is the animal nation trying to teach us? So in closing, remember the sacred lesson that we are all related. Whether you like somebody or not, we know how that is. Believe that we have the power to manifest our destiny. To create a future of beauty and peace for everyone. It's so important to teach your children, your grandchildren, that we truly can make a difference in this world. And growing up today in this world for young people can be very frightening. They need so much help and support. We need to make sure that we give them a world that they can live in. A world of peace and beauty. Because in the end... When we all stand before the Creator, Father, Mother, God, God's not going to ask about your life, your business affairs, your politics, your cheating on your taxes, your indiscretions. She will ask if you cared for her people, her creatures, her land and trees, her grass, her mountains. She will ask if you loved and if you carried love in your heart. If you looked after and honored your own, if you stood for what is right, if you gave of yourself, if you protected those who needed protecting, if you fed those who were hungry, if you gave warmth to those who were cold, friendship to those who were lonely, comfort to those who were in sorrow. She will ask if you cried, if you smiled. She will ask if you cared. So may we accept this time we live in with all of our challenges that we face. May we accept it all with love, light, peace, compassion, understanding, and gratitude. And all do our part as much as we can to create a world of beauty as co-creators, because we are all co-creators. Let us be the light of the world and walk into the future that we help to create, because we all stood in line to be here at this time. And as a Hopi elder has said, 
We are the ones we've been waiting for. Namatakuyasi. Wopida. That's a heartfelt thank you so much. I'm going to play another song for you here. I hear it's getting a little cold here. It might even snow tomorrow. So let's take a trip out to the American Southwest. This is a song that Charel wrote. A song called Southwest Winds.